This is the Action Network Podcast. Crushed it. It's good. All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're back. It's your boy, Raheem Palmer, with Brandon Anderson. It's the Action Network podcast. We have a special podcast for you today. We're going to give you NFL midseason futures check-in. We're going to check in on everything you need to know from Super Bowl to conference odds, division odds, defensive player of the year, MVP, offensive player of the year. Everything that you want to know, we're breaking down. We're giving you our best bets. So how are you doing today, Brandon? Man, I'm doing good. Ready to make some NFL futures picks here. How are you feeling? I feel good. I mean, we we break we we check it in midseason futures. So I just want to see what you think about everything. Let's get into the Super Bowl and conference odds. Where are you looking at right now? Yeah. So I I start at the top here. I try to just you know you and I have talked about this a lot. The best way to win your conference, the best way to get to the Super Bowl, as always, get the one seed, get the bye week. So to me, that's the first question you have to look at. Is okay. Look at the schedules. Look at the teams. Where are these teams going? Like who actually can earn the one seed? So the AFC is an absolute mess right now. Spoiler alert, I don't have a lot of picks for the AFC. To me, I still think that the Buffalo Bills are just a cut ahead of the rest. I know this was an absolute disaster against the Jags this week, but I think before this game, pretty much everyone agreed that Buffalo was the team ahead. So I'm trying to not let recency bias throw me off. So I think Buffalo is the, the clear one seed favorite if there is one there. And for me, that still puts them as the most likely team to represent the AFC. My thing is, though, there are five great teams in the NFC. There's the Cardinals, the Rams, the Packers, the Bucks, and the Cowboys. I think any AFC team that comes out, if you're facing one of those five, which you probably are, I think the AFC team is the underdog. So I don't want to play the Bills to win the Super Bowl. I'm seeing that around plus 600 at some books. I don't mind them to win the AFC. Uh, I'm seeing around plus 250. I would put it maybe closer to like 180 or so. I have it maybe around 35%. So I don't love the odds there, but just going with the favorite seems like the best AFC move. What do you think of a Buffalo still? I'm a little concerned about Buffalo. And I think a lot of it has to do with their offense right now. Josh Allen hasn't really looked that great. And I think when you lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars, there's a cause for concern. When you look at this team, they've played a pretty easy schedule. They played the Steelers, which they lost to, but they beat the Dolphins 35-0. They beat the Dolphins twice in two blocks. They beat Washington. They beat the Texans. That Chiefs loss doesn't – that Chiefs win doesn't look as good yeah. as it looked earlier on in the season. Obviously, they lost to the Titans, who are a juggernaut. But this team hasn't proved themselves yet. So there's they're just one game up for the lead in the AFC East. And they still have two games against the Patriots. So I don't know if I'm too high on Buffalo right now, but I, I do understand they do have one of the best defenses in the AFC. And in a weak AFC, maybe they get the edge, but I, I'm not that too high on that. So what do you think about the NFC? Yeah, so NFC, one thing I do like here, you can just bet the NFC to beat the AFC in the Super Bowl at minus 125. So you're paying a little bit of juice there. 
But again, I, I think the five best teams in the NFL right now might all be NFC teams. I think you make a case for all five. What do you think about that? Would you ever just bet the NFC versus AFC without having any idea who the matchup is, or is that way too far out for you? I do think you can find some value on it at times, but I do, I do think that you want to actually go through and handicap the individual matchups. Yeah. And I, I think it's a little early for it now just because we don't, we don't even know the playoff positioning. We don't know who's in the playoffs. That's something I would kind of wait to wait. Yeah. I do agree with you. The NFC is definitely the better conference and has the better teams. So, yeah. So looking at those five teams, trying to figure out who's the one seed. So the Cardinals and Rams, obviously the first problem is each other. You're in the same division. They have to play each other one more time. There's still other tough division games. I know the Niners and Seahawks haven't been as good the last month as they looked early, but Russell Wilson is back now. Niners are still going to be a tough team. You know, they're better as an underdog. We know that. So I think they cannibalize each other a little bit. They both have pretty tough schedules coming up. Cardinals play at Dallas, I think, in week 17 as well. So that could be a really key game. The Packers, we don't know if Rodgers is going to play yet. We're recording this on Tuesday. He hasn't necessarily been cleared for this week. We're not really sure what's happening with them still. So they've got a tough schedule too. Seattle, Minnesota, Rams, Bears, Ravens, Browns, Vikings. Like that's everything until the Lions in the last week. They could lose any of those games. So to me, the Bucks and the Cowboys are the two teams that are the favorites to be the one seed. I think the Cowboys end up, I project them somewhere around like 11 to 14 wins. They're kind of above the fray. They still got four games against the NFC East. I think they have a good shot here. But the Bucks, the Bucks schedule is so easy. The defense has kind of sneakily been pretty good again the last few weeks. They're getting healthy a little bit. They're getting some of those guys back in the lineup. Bucks schedule coming up, Washington, Giants, Colts, Falcons, home against the Bills. That's the one possible tricky spot there. Saints, Panthers, Jets, Panthers. There's just not more than like one or two losses on that list, barring a collapse or some big injuries. So I think the Bucks honestly have a shot to, to uh, run the table in the regular season and be 15 and two, 14 and three. So to me, Tampa is the favorite right now just to be the one seed. Uh, you can bet them at plus 350 at some books to get the most wins. So it's not sexy, but I think that the Bucs and the Bills, they're the favorites. I think they are the right favorites. Would you bet Tampa Bay, or do you think there's any value there? I, I do think the Bucs are the favorite, and I think the one thing that you did neglect to say is that the Bucs actually beat the Cowboys. So they have the tiebreaker if these two teams tie. Now, before that loss to the to the Denver Broncos, the Cowboys were the favorite, but I think that was that was a big loss for them. I think the, the the Bucks losing to the Saints it, it, it kind of gave the Cowboys a leg up, and then I think they just gave it right back, which is like really disappointing as a Cowboys fan. Yeah. I do think there's some value there, so like I'm not mad at this pick at all. Yeah, so I, I don't know that there's a ton of value there. I think too when Buffalo and Tampa, they're the two teams that I would bet straight up that would, you know, most likely to win the Super Bowl. That doesn't mean that there's necessarily betting value. Also is that you're not going to lose a lot of value if you wait a couple of weeks on this. So if, if you're worried about Buffalo against Jacksonville, wait out a week or two, like they're already the favorite. The line basically just didn't budge after losing to Jacksonville. So it's not like getting another win or two is going to move it that much the other way. The one team that I might bet now a little bit, you're going to like this one. It's your Dallas Cowboys. So I'm seeing Dallas at as high as plus 1,200 at some books. Again, I think Dallas, other than Tampa Bay, is the next most likely one seed. That sets you up in Jerry World. That sets you up at home. It gives you the bye week. Cowboys defense 
continues to play really well. It's not just Trayvon Diggs getting interceptions every week. The whole defensive unit has been really good. So, you know, Dak Prescott, these last couple of weeks, obviously he missed a week. He looked terrible last week. I'm not making too much of it right now. I'm not so worried. I'm not worried about the injury long-term. It's a team that's going to have a fighting shot in any playoff game at plus 1,200. I do think there's some value there. And I think that's the one I would bet right now because they're a little bit of an adir with these last couple of weeks with that ugly Broncos game. I'd put them maybe around like 12 to 15%. So that put them closer to like plus six or 700. So at plus 1200, I think that there's real Cowboys value. Are you in on your Cowboys still? This is a passing league now. The Cowboys can pass the ball, but they also can run the ball. This is the team that just, they're just so dominant offensively. When you look at them, they're, they're third in success rate. They're top five in EPA per play. They're, they're the top 10 in, in rush to success rate. This team could do it all, and the defense can do just enough to slow teams down. I think the one issue you're going to have with this Cowboys team is that Mike McCarthy isn't a good coach, and he's likely to be outcoached by anyone. But then when you look at the rest of this conference, what other coaches are you really, really afraid of? Are you afraid of Cliff Kingsbury? Are you afraid of Matt LaFleur? Sean McVay, to me, he has a reputation as being a good coach, but we see he's rather conservative. He'll go down there and two scores, he'll kick a field goal to take it from two scores to two scores. So I I don't know if there's a lot of great coaches in the NFC and the Cowboys may be able to overcome that with their offense. So I agree with this. The Action Network podcast is proudly presented by BetMGM. And to celebrate the 2021 NFL season, BetMGM is offering a great sign-up offer for our listeners, a $1,000 risk-free first bet. You just open an account at BetMGM and make your first deposit. Then, make your first bet. If that bet wins, the money is yours. And if your bet doesn't win, BetMGM will refund you in free bets up to $1,000. It's that simple. To get started, just click on the link in this episode description. BetMGM has been a great podcast partner, and they've got all the best features for NFL betting, like live betting and daily odds boosts. Plus, BetMGM is compatible with our BetSync technology, so when you place a wager at BetMGM, that bet can automatically be tracked in your action app. So open an account today and make your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Michigan, New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Tennessee, Nevada, or Pennsylvania. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan. 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. BetSync not available in Nevada. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get back to the show. So let's get into the division odds. We've got four divisions that you want to break down. So let's go with the NFC West. What are you thinking here? I know we got the Cardinals at minus 185 and the Rams at plus 195. Who are you giving the edge here? So I tried to go crazy here. You know I love my long shots. I try to talk myself into the Seahawks. I'm seeing them at plus 6,600 at BetMGM, our official odds provider, of course, as always. So I can't get there. The Seahawks are three and five. They basically have to win out. And even though Russell Wilson is back, it's tough. They play the Packers, the Niners. They still play the Cardinals twice. I do think the Seahawks have some playoff good opportunity. To me, though, Cardinals, Rams, I just think it's close to a coin flip. 
I, th- I still trust the Rams a little better. I'm coming around on the Cardinals. Arizona did beat the Rams and they host the Rams the next time around. So you, if you're betting on the Rams, almost certainly the Rams have to win that game in Arizona as an underdog. So I like the Rams here. Here's my question. Am I better off taking the plus 195 if I think this is near a coin flip? Or am I better off not bothering and just betting the Rams in Arizona that one game and getting probably not so far of a money line off of that price? What do you think? I think the the, the problem with that strategy is that a lot can change from, from now to then. So if you see some value now, you kind of got to take it because – when you look at the, the Arizona Cardinals, obviously Kyler Murray's banged up. DeAndre Hopkins is banged up. We don't know what's going to happen with that. And I mean, on the other side of the ball, obviously Matthew Stafford is dealing with uh, He's dealing with a back injury right now. He's dealing with an ankle injury. So I'm a little concerned with taking either right now, just based on what we're seeing. But I think if you see the value, you probably should take it now because anything could change. Like these teams, this is a week by week league. You've got the Cincinnati Bengals two weeks ago. We were looking at this team as possibly a team that could win the, the the division. And two weeks later, they lose to the Jets and the Browns, and you're looking at completely different. So these teams change their power rating week by week. So I think if you find an edge and you want to get out of ahead of it, you, you definitely want to bet this now. But I don't personally have an opinion on it. Yeah, I think I think Rams plus 195. I mean, you're basically you're getting two to one on what I'm saying is close to a coin flip. We know all about the Cliff Kingsbury collapses second half of the season. So maybe that's over, but we have a lot of evidence against it. The Cardinals still play at Seattle, at Dallas. They still have that Rams game. So I like the Rams team a little better. They just added Von Miller. I trust both sides better. I like the coaching way better. And I think their schedule is a little softer as well. So they're a game back and really a game and a half with that loss. But to me, that's my favorite division play. But I think there is some other value in some of the other divisions too. Okay, so we're going to go with the most exciting division right now, the division that I don't think people saw this coming. When you when you look at these teams, the Los Angeles Chargers, the Las Vegas Raiders, Kansas City Chiefs, Denver Broncos, all of them have five wins. So we're going to go with the AFC West. I w- I'm really curious to know what <laughs> you find value in here because this is, this, is a, this is probably a shocker for a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, this is this division is very frustrating to me personally because, as you recall, you and I both were big on the Denver Broncos coming into the season. Uh, you had them in the playoffs. I had the Broncos as my division winner, a shock division winner. They are nine to one. They are my worst to first division winner. I can't get there on Denver. As I look at each one of these teams again, you got to check the schedule. And as I'm kind of thinking, okay, who wins this game? Who loses? Every time I looked at the Chargers schedule, the Chiefs schedule, the Raiders schedule, and I got to a Broncos game, I was like, oh, well, they'll probably win that game. So that kind of told me, yeah, the Broncos, like, look, we wouldn't even be talking about them in this right now if they hadn't just beat Dallas. So I don't think it's happening for Denver. They could be in the mix, but I have them around eight to 10 wins. I think that the, you know, the other three teams, it's, it's very close. The Chargers still get to play the Giants and the Texans. They get to play Cincinnati and Denver twice, which it helps that they play them late in the season rather than earlier. Cincinnati is maybe slowing down. Denver certainly looked better early in the year than later. So that could be good. Chargers are two and all in the division. So that helps. So the Chargers are the favorite here. I think they're the correct favorite. I'm also not really sold on betting them. The metrics for this team, just not great. We've talked about them a lot this year. They, they still haven't found a way to get going on the early downs. 
they're kind of grading out as like an average-ish offensive team and a below average or bad defensive team. Like the metrics just don't support what we thought we were seeing. I think if you want to bet the Chargers, rather than taking the division, Brandon Staley is plus 750 to win coach of the year. So I think I'd rather play that angle. We, we you know, we love to give coach of the year to first year guys. So not like, you know, he's got to beat out Kingsbury, Rabel, some other guys there. But if you like the Chargers, I think that's the better play. The Chiefs, man, I know it's Patrick yeah. Mahomes, but it, it's just not. It's not Patrick Mahomes. His numbers aren't good. The offense isn't good. Honestly, the defense might be almost as good as the offense the last few weeks. And that kind of tells you all that you need to know. So here's the team that I like in the division. It's the last man standing. I kind of like the Raiders. I honestly think the Raiders might just be the best team in the division right now. Like, I just think that they are the best all around team. Derek Carr is playing well again. The defense really has been good. Like the Raiders are pretty clearly the best defense in the division, right? The, the D line has been great. They're, they're rushing the passer. It's, it's tough. They play the Chiefs, Bengals, and Cowboys next. So three very toss-up-y sort of games. It could go south, but I'm seeing the, the Raiders as high as plus 600. I think it's kind of a three-way race between Chargers, Chiefs, and Raiders. I don't mind the 600. I think they got a shot here. I'm not mad at that. I mean, you are right about the Raiders having the best defense, the 12th success rate. When you look at the Chiefs, obviously they're 31st. When you look at the Chargers, they're 30th in success rate on defense, and they're dealing with injuries to their cornerbacks. Asante Samuel Jr. is out, so they can't stop the run. They're one of the worst run defenses in the league right now. I, I'm not mad at this. I'm not mad at this play at all. Obviously, the Denver Broncos, they've been selling some pieces. They, they, they got rid of Von Miller. They've been banged up all year, so I, I just don't think – I think the Broncos are probably going to finish last in the division. And the interesting thing about that game against the Cowboys is that the Cowboys were in Denver territory twice with the score zero zero. And I think if they convert one of those, the Cowboys probably win that game and the game ended up taking a life on its own. So the funny thing about this is that the chiefs actually have a negative point differential. They have a a point differential of minus six. The Chargers have a point differential of minus two and the Broncos actually have the best point differential at plus 34, but I think we all know a lot of that came from playing some weak, yeah. weak games, weak opponents to start the season, and then they blew out the Cowboys. So I'm not buying that. But the Raiders have a point differential of plus seven. So I, I like this pick a lot. I, I think it's a good value pick. Yeah, the, the Raiders, I mean, if you bet it, you need to know it's high variance because what we don't know right now, what Raheem and I have no idea is what this looks like behind the scenes. Like it's it has been a tumultuous season. John Gruden thing, the Henry Ruggs thing. So it's possible that this is just ready to break down. Like this could go very south. They're five and three. You could finish with like seven wins. And that wouldn't be shocking to me, but they've played well and they've played well recently, even with some of this happening. So if you know that, that sort of stuff can have a galvanizing effect too. And if it really, you know, bands this team together while the division is, is pretty winnable, I think it could go the other way. So I don't mind taking the high variance when I'm getting the plus 600 here. Yeah, I'm not mad at that at all. So we're going to go with the AFC North. We got the Baltimore Ravens minus 165, Cleveland Browns plus 450, Pittsburgh Steelers plus 650, and the Cincinnati Bengals plus 700. This is a really competitive division. At times, it looked like one team was going to run away from it. What are you thinking here? Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's happened in this division. I don't want to bet it. The, the closest I could find to a value here 
is <clears throat> I actually thought that Pittsburgh at 650 might have maybe a little, a little bit of some uh, possibilities here just on the basis of, look, number one, the defense clearly is playing really well again. We know that they'll be good. Number two, it's Pittsburgh. Every year they manage to eke out, <clears throat> you know, get over 500. They get their wins. They're a tough home field advantage. You know, we just, we know that Pittsburgh produces. I think they could be in the mix here. Then I watched the game last night. The Steelers, they're just not good. The, the offense is terrible. We know this, but it's just nice to get reminded every now and then. Like, Pittsburgh absolutely should have lost to Chicago. The refs definitely bailed them out on multiple times. And uh, even, on, you know, near the end, they still almost lost anyway. So I think Baltimore, I don't really trust them. I think they're probably the right favorite anyway. Cleveland has a lot of toss-up games coming up. So Cleveland to me is kind of like the Raiders and that they seem high variance. Like this might just not be happening. Baker might not be healthy. You know, we know that they looked great without OBJ for one game, but is that a thing or not? I don't know. I, I can't get there. The, the Bengals have a really rough schedule coming up. This was a rough loss for them that they needed to get. I don't get excited about any of the value in this division. I think I'm just going to stay away. Yeah, I, I think to me, Baltimore is the best team in this division by far. The Browns have still been dealing with injuries. It came out today that Nick Chubb actually tested positive for COVID. We don't know if it's a false positive or not, but I, I just it just feels like the Browns, this was the Browns division to win, and every single thing went wrong. Right now, I'm looking at Lamar Jackson as possibly the MVP because he continues to put this team on their back despite slow starts. So if I had to go with anybody, I would go with them. But I, like, I agree with you. I don't think there's a ton of value here. Yeah, I will say Baltimore, if you do want to bet them and get any value, you got to do it now. They're playing the Dolphins and the Bears next. So they're probably going to get to eight and two. Schedule is really tough after that. So you got to hang on for the ride. But if you do want to bet it, it's it's now or never. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And then, I mean, we have two final divisions we aren't really going to cover. Obviously, we have the AFC East. You have the Buffalo Bills minus 700 to win a division despite being up just one game. New England Patriots are plus 440 to win the division. I'm not going to lie to you. I think there's some value on the, on the New England Patriots right now. They're playing good football on both sides of the ball. And I look at this Buffalo Bills team. Josh Allen still leaves a lot to, to be desired, and I think he's come down to earth in a major way. The defense is still solid. But like I said earlier, they haven't really beaten anybody. So if I had to take anybody out of all these divisions, I had to take a flyer. I'm probably taking the New England Patriots. These two teams play twice. And you never know. I think this division still goes to Foxborough. Uh, you have the NFC South. I think that's all wrapped up with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So we don't need to go there. Do you have anything on the, um, the defensive player of the year? Yeah, so I try to do a little digging here. Obviously, we just give this to Aaron Donald every year, and, the, you know, it's just kind of a fait accompli. So I think Donald could win again. You know, you look at the top of the list. Miles Garrett, he makes sense. T.J. Watt, I think probably would be my most likely winner. He's at plus 450, I'm seeing. He finished top three the last two years. But I dug a little deeper. I was like, okay, is there any one down the list? Who could surprise here? And it's interesting. Like, you and I both obviously covered the NBA as well. In the NBA, the defensive player of the year is – find somebody who's the best defensive player on one of those like top three defensive teams. And what's interesting, if we look at these names, Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, Aaron Donald, Trayvon Diggs, these are not necessarily the best defenses in the NFL right now. So Arizona Cardinals have been, you know, it's the Cardinals and the Bills. They're the top two defenses in football. 
Chandler Jones, I'm seeing at some books at plus 4,000, so 40 to 1. Cardinals are number two in defensive DVOA. I actually think the defense has been the strength of the team. Like, they've been what's been holding them together. You know, we saw how, how good they were this week, even with Kyler and all the offense out. I think Chandler Jones could get the best player, best defense sort of treatment. He had five sacks the first game, only one since. But I think, you know, he can pile them up in a hurry. He could get to like 15 or 20 pretty easily. He also finished number two in this race two years ago, number three in 2017. So we know that people know Chandler Jones is good. They like to vote for him. He had a rough October, played through some injury, missed a couple games. But he had his best game this week since September. He had, that's when his other sack came. So I just think uh, we've been out on the Cardinals all year. It's too late for me to salvage that. I can't bet on Kyler anymore. I can't bet on Cliff anymore. The odds are gone. Chandler Jones, to me, plus 4,000. I think there's some value there. It's the wrong number. If the Cardinals really are this good, I think that he could possibly win it. Oh, that's, that's a really interesting I, I didn't expect you to say that. So the favorite right now is Miles Garrett. Like, what do you, what do you think of him? And then – I also love to hear what you think about Trayvon Diggs. Obviously, he has the numbers with all the interceptions. Like, what are your thoughts on those guys? Yeah, I mean, I think I think Garrett, Watt, Donald, and Diggs, the, those are the top four favorites. I think they're the right four favorites. They're the guys who one of them is most likely going to win. I just, I don't have a good feel for how the voting goes on this. I'm not sure I really trust that the voters have a good feel for how this goes either. You know, we just don't know how to quantify defense. So, I wouldn't be shocked if Miles Garrett wins. You know, he does still have the, like, the helmet swinging thing. I don't know if, if uh, the media is especially excited to reward him. I could see that costing him a few votes. I think TJ Watt, you know, he's been high in the voting for a few years. Donald, like we, we tend to see the same guys get votes year after year. So I, I don't love Trayvon Diggs' chances. You know, obviously he's had the huge interceptions and you, you can't just throw those out. We've also given up some big plays, and it's, it's a tough spot for corner to get it. Like, is he really going to have, like, six, seven, eight more interceptions this year to get there? Like, I, I don't think so. So I wouldn't bet Diggs. I wouldn't bet any of those three. I just don't think there's much value there. I was just trying to find, okay, who else belongs in that list of possibilities? I think Chandler Jones, I think he should be more like a 10-to-1, 15-to-1 sort of guy. So I, I think he'll end up being one of those other guys, but I think Jones could be in the mix. That's fair. Do you think it's worth it to I mean, when you look? Because I, I think Miles Garrett is the big one. Obviously, he's averaging one point three sacks per game, and he's in line with the NFL single season record of twenty two point five with twelve sacks right now. So, do you think it's worth it to maybe take Chandler um, Jones and then hedge a little bit with Miles Garrett with him as the favorite? With I think he's plus two fifty now, so you can get some some plus money there. And do you think it's worth it to hedge there, or do you think he doesn't, he, he's not too far ahead of the other guys at TJ Watt and Aaron Donald. Yeah. I don't, I'm not really big on like taking a favorite and hedging. Like if I want to bet miles Garrett, I'm just going to bet miles Garrett and then leave the other names out of it. To me though, again, defense, we just, I don't know what people are voting on. Sacks mm. are volatile. Like we mm. look, we saw Chandler Jones, five sacks in the first week and then just nothing for two months since then. So miles Garrett, great numbers right now, but well, you know, why, why won't Clowney get sacks the next few weeks? Why won't the Browns just not rush the passer that, that well, you know, maybe as a bad matchup, like it's sacks are so volatile that the same thing with Trayvon Diggs, the interceptions, like when it's relying on the one stat that you see and not just Aaron Donald is God, let's vote for him again. 
And like Miles Garrett is really good too, just to be very clear. It's not just the number, but we're relying on the number for voters. I don't want to bet Aaron Donald on the basis of, I think he's going to break the sacks record. If he does, he's the winner. Yeah. You, you lost. Yeah. <laughs> so like if he does it, that's the win. I just want to bet on it because it's just too unpredictable. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, let's move on. We got MVP. I mean, this is this is the granddaddy of them all. We got Josh Allen at plus 350. Tom Brady at plus 400. Kyler Murray at plus 750. Matthew Stafford at plus 800. Aaron Rodgers at plus 1,200. Dak at plus 1,200. Lamar Jackson at plus 1,400. And Justin Herbert at plus 2,000. I'm going to throw another name into the mix. Ryan Tannehill is plus 3,400. And we all saw Derek Henry's out. So I'm interested to hear your take on MVP right now. That's so funny because on our last podcast that we recorded Sunday night, we had a section with the Titans Rams and I had in my notes, Ryan Tannehill, MVP question mark. And I was like, I'm going to throw this out to Raheem. His head is going to explode at the thought of Ryan Tannehill as the MVP. We were running low on time. So I was like, nah, it's too much of a long shot. I'm going to cut it. You said 3,400. He's plus 4,000 at BetMGM. I've seen him as a hundred to one at, at like real books that you can bet on. I think that's crazy. The Titans are the one seed right now. We know that the MVP basically is a quarterback of the one seed or a quarterback of at least a top two seed. I think something like 10 of the last 13 years, it's been the one seed. And then it's usually the two seed. Otherwise there's only one exception in that mix. And that was Peyton Manning who just gets his own rules. So again, we, you know, we know it's a quarterback. Derrick Henry is out. I don't think Derrick Henry was ever a necessarily a real candidate here. I don't mind, you know, if just, just put a little bit on Tannehill. If you just think, yeah, why not? Like maybe they just, you know, Julio Jones is looking good. AJ Brown is good. I think too, Patrick Mahomes is 80 to one at some books. Again, Mahomes is on pace for 4,838 touchdowns. If the Chiefs win the division, it's going to be because Mahomes figured it out and got going. It's going to be because he like upped his pace and finished at like 5,545 touchdowns. If Patrick Mahomes has 5,500 yards and 45 touchdowns, he's going to get some votes. Like he just is. He's not going to be the one seed, but he might get his own rules like Peyton Manning. I don't mind the long shots. Here's what I think about the guys who are the real candidates here. So looking at just the odds, I'm not saying these guys can't win. Here are the guys that I'm not betting. I'm not betting Josh Allen. I think it's ludicrous that he's the favorite. doesn't make any sense to me. There's, I, I don't get it. Like We talked about this. It's just a vote on Buffalo, but like Josh Allen is not the MVP. His numbers are not good. I'm certainly not taking out the odds. Kyler Murray, I think he absolutely can win MVP. I don't trust the health. I don't, you know, we talked about the Cardinals second half. That's a worry. But we saw last year, Kyler looked awesome, got injured, was never the same again. So there is a little value at 750. I don't trust it enough to bet it. Aaron Rodgers, no, I'm out. We're not taking a back-to-back winner. That almost never happens. And uh, yeah, he's got a few media issues right now with the voters. So not going with Rodgers. Justin Herbert, nah, not going to do it for me. Another year in the future, charges aren't good enough. Uh, Matt Stafford, I thought that he was in the mix. And then I watched Sunday Night Football. It was rough. And I think that... If the Rams are still this good, McVay's going to get a lot of the credit. Cooper Cup's going to get some of the credit. I don't know if I can see Stafford. You know, anytime he's had that chance to get the big moment, he doesn't get the big moment. He has the wrong moment. So before I talk about some of the guys I do like, do you disagree on any of those guys that I don't like? 
I don't, I don't disagree with any of those guys. Obviously, you mentioned the Kyler Murray injury, Stafford, who I, I, I told Chad Milman and, and Simon Hunter on the favorites podcast. To me, he's just the modern-day Jeff George. He has this rocket arm with all this talent, but he just doesn't have that intangible it to, to take his, his good game to great. And I, so he's definitely not it. I, I think you nailed all the guys who I, I don't like. So I'm interested to see who you do like. Yeah, so that basically that leaves three. And the guy that I think is going to win is the same guy that I've told you is going to win all year long since before the season started, Tom Brady. He's finally in line to be the favorite now. Tom Brady's coming off a bye week. Heading into the bye week, Tom Brady led the NFL in completions, passing attempts, yards, and touchdowns. That's everything. That's all the stats. And oh, by the way, it's Tom Brady, the GOAT. We don't need any narrative reasons. Like, He's like an 80-year-old that's winning everything for the Super Bowl defending champions, and it's insane. He's finally is the favorite. I think he's going to win. I genuinely do. He's down to four to one, so I think that you missed a chance on a lot of the value here. If you want to do a value, but if you're coming in clean, so I already have a lot of Tom Brady stock. So if you're listening, uh, there's no reason for me to add Tom Brady stock at four to one. I got him at 14 to one preseason and bet him along the way. If you're clean and you're looking to bet, or if you're looking to hedge a little bit, the two guys, I think that there's some value on betting Dak Prescott and Lamar Jackson. So Dak Prescott, it's, it's a best player on best team case on America's team. It's got to mean, I think that the Cowboys beat the bucks for the one seed. And again, that's another thing with Brady we think they're the favorite of the ones here. They're going to get 13, 14, 15 wins. Then you've got Tom Brady with all those stats getting the one seed. is just a really tough, like who's going to beat that? It's tough to beat that argument. Dak with worse stats on a worse team is not going to get the job done. And he's got the injury right now. So I think at 12 to one, it's a shot, but you really need him to, you, you need the Cowboys to pass the bucks. And that's not necessarily going to happen, but I think it's in play. I'm curious what you think about Lamar Jackson. He's been getting a lot of buzz, even just this morning. I've seen a lot of people talk about Lamar Jackson, 14 to one. Here's the thing. Lamar Jackson right now is on pace for only 28 passing touchdowns. He's only run two, two rushing touchdowns all season. They came in the same game. So his, his pace is 32 touchdowns for the entire season combined counting the rushing touchdowns. He's only had three games the entire season with more than one touchdown. Tom Brady has five games with four or more touchdowns. And I know it's not all about the touchdowns. Lamar is on pace for almost 6,000 yards if you add in the rushing. And like, like, here's the thing. What is most valuable? We don't, we don't know what most valuable is. Lamar Jackson absolutely is the most valuable of these guys to his team. If Lamar Jackson disappeared or went into COVID protocol, the Ravens are absolutely screwed. They have, they have no shot. He's everything. He should be the most valuable player, that's not how we give the award out. We give it to the guy that scores lots of touchdowns on the best team. The Bucks are way better than the Ravens. Brady's touchdowns are going to almost double Lamar Jackson's possibly. That's the case against Lamar. He doesn't fit the, you know, the profile that we normally give out MVP to. So I think it's an interesting case. I think his odds seem wrong, but when you look at it, he doesn't match what voters are voting for. If the season goes as well as it could for these candidates, Tom Brady is going to lose to Lamar Jackson or to Kyler Murray. Like those guys have the higher ceiling if things continue to go right for them. 
I just think with Kyler, there's the ankle problem and not necessarily trusting still Arizona. With Baltimore, it's it's almost that Lamar is too valuable because he's doing so much for them that the one game when he doesn't have a good game, like Tom Brady cannot have a great game, but still throw two touchdowns and get the win. And it doesn't really hurt his candidacy because the rest of the team is so good. If Lamar doesn't have a good game, they get blown out. And then it's like, oh man, Lamar, not good enough. He's got to be better. So Tom Brady's going to be there. He's going to be in the mix. And it's, it's a bet on that and a bet a little bit against Lamar and Kyler doing enough. When broke down MVP, what are you thinking for offensive player of the year? I think this is an award that's always been so complicated to me because it almost feels like the MVP is a, a quarterback's award. We haven't seen a running back get one since I think Adrian Peterson in 2012 when he ran for 2,000 yards. And it feels like the offensive player of the year award is for everybody else, but occasionally the quarterbacks get them too. So what are you thinking here? I know Derrick Henry, he got hurt. He was on a crazy pace. He's got banged up, so he's out of it. So what's your thoughts on this one? Yeah, so we save this one for last because this this is actually my favorite bet on the entire podcast. If you're going to bet one thing, this is the one you have to bet this. Here's the reason. Derrick Henry was the offensive player of the year. Like, this was over. I don't remember what the odds were. I hadn't checked for a while. It was over. Derrick Henry was the winner. This goes to running backs pretty often. He was smashing everyone, smashing all the numbers. It was done. Now Derrick Henry's not the winner because he's out. And I think that the books haven't adjusted enough yet. If you look at the books, basically look at the odds. Everywhere you look, the books have decided, okay, if Derrick Henry is not the winner, I guess Cooper Cup is the winner. And here's the thing. Cooper Cup has been really good. He's so far 74 catches, 1,019 yards. We're halfway through the season, 1,019 yards, 10 touchdowns. All three of those lead the league. If he does that all season long, and he has so far – He's on pace for almost 2,000 yards, 19 touchdowns, 140 catches, not quite the record there. If he does that all season, he probably wins. But I don't think he's going to win. We've had one, two receivers in NFL history have won this award. One of them was Jerry Rice, who did it twice and is maybe the best player in NFL history, period. The other one was Michael Thomas two years ago. Michael Thomas had 149 catches, set the record for receptions in a season, that's in play for Cup here. But remember, you're buying high on Cup. Like, this is the best he has been already. And I just think people are going to look at him and be like, really? Really, that's the best offensive player in the league? The white system slot receiver for the Rams? That's the guy we're going to give the award to? And I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's right. He's not even a slot receiver. It's not a system thing. Like, he's been awesome. But I think people are going to give credit to McVay. They're going to give credit to Stafford. I think it's insane that he has near even odds to win this award with half of a season to go. Like, it's just not that conclusive. He could get hurt just like Derrick Henry did, or he could have off game a few games. So I think because of that, there's big value here because if you have one guy priced at basically even odds, so cup versus the field almost, I'm taking the field. So now the question is, which guys in the field that you want to play? So before I get into that, what do you think of my argument so far? Do you think Cup wins this or is this open? I don't really have a strong opinion on it. I think one of the interesting things that I saw today was that, you know, Cooper Cup's father is actually in a fantasy league. And (laughs) Cooper Cup has such a monster season that they're no longer allowing his father to draft his son as a courtesy. Next season, he's actually going to have to compete for him. So at plus 130, I, I don't know if there's a ton of value, but he is having a monster season. Obviously, they traded Deshaun Jackson, and they're just going to force the ball to Cooper Cup. So 
we are in a passing league now. Maybe we could see a shift to where we're seeing more wide receivers win this award. But, I mean, I'm curious to where you find value. So eight of the last 14 winners were quarterbacks. So mm-hmm. it's not quite as dominant as MVP. MVP is just always a quarterback. This is still over 50% quarterback, though. So we still, you know, obviously you touch the ball every play. You're getting a chance to put up some big numbers. I just think that the books just haven't considered this enough. Like, if you look at the favorites, Kyler Murray is the second favorite. Yeah, sure, that makes sense. But Kyler is not like he's having this amazing statistical year. This is a stats award. Like, this is basically the best fantasy player award. Kyler Murray on pace for 34 passing touchdowns. Eh, okay, sure, that's fine. He's on pace for 300 rushing yards and six touchdowns. It's not like he's running crazy. Like, Kyler Murray is a better case to me for MVP if he keeps up than for this just like, oh my God, what a statistical year. We have to reward him. The third favorite Jonathan Taylor. What are we doing? Jonathan Taylor was on nobody's radar until a week ago when he had a monster game on Thursday night against like the decrepit Jets. Now he's the third favorite to an offensive player of the year. This is insane. Just because he has a touchdown on like five or six straight games. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. Devontae Adams is next. Devontae Adams doesn't have a quarterback right now. Like you need to be able to produce Josh Allen is fifth. Josh Allen hasn't had a good stat season. I just think these numbers don't make sense to me. So I'm looking back at those same MVP quarterbacks. And the thing is, too, we've seen eight times in history a quarterback has thrown 45 touchdowns or more. Six of those eight times, that player won MVP. Six of those eight times, that player won Offensive Player of the Year. I'm going back to Tom Brady. I know, I know. It's all Tom Brady from me. Tom is on pace for 5,600 yards and 53 touchdowns. And that included that monsoon game early in the season, and then included the game where he had no touchdowns as well. He still is leading all the stats for quarterbacks. He's going to have all the wins. He's on pace for 53 touchdowns. He's got five of his eight games so far with at least four touchdown passes. They have all those red zone weapons. Like if you're looking at somebody else, so Lamar Jackson, someone, you're needing a touchdown spike. Tom doesn't need a touchdown spike. Like he's just his whole time with the Bucks. He's throwing three, four, five touchdowns week after week. We've seen it a season and a half now. So I, I bet this last week, I wanted to write about it and ran out of time. And I was like, oh, well, they're on a bye week anyways. It's fine. His, his number won't really shift. I got it at 40 to one last week. I think that's insane. We have a dude on pace for 5,653 touchdowns at 40 to one to win offensive player of the year. That line has moved a little bit, but I'm still seeing at 25 to one, 30 to one. I think that's the guy to bet. If you don't like Tom Brady, that's fine. You don't have to bet Tom Brady, but you do need to bet this award because I don't think it's going to be cup. So if it's not Brady, who do you like? Do you like Justin Herbert? He's on pace for 5,000 yards and almost 40 touchdowns. Do you like Matt Stafford? He's had three touchdowns at least in five of the nine games. Do you like Dak Prescott? He's got huge stats, almost 5,000 yards and 40 touchdown pace. Lamar Jackson has a good chance to break the rushing record for quarterback. He might have 6,000 yards combined. So I just think, I think it's not going to be cup. When you have quarterbacks putting up those ginormous seasons, like we just talked about, or you could give it to the dude that's just catching a lot of passes. It's not going to do it for me. I just think we're going to end up with a couple of quarterbacks with just gaudy, incredible stats. And I think that there's big value here. So I would, I would recommend of all these things, Find the quarterback or two you like. The odds are wonky and way off here. This is the one award that you need to bet right now. That's interesting. And, I mean, I I don't really have much of an opinion on this. I 
it's tough for me just because I just think the one thing I have to say about Tom Brady, are you concerned with him fading down the stretch? Because we know how 40-year-old quarterbacks, they fall off a cliff. It's like a boxer. One minute they're going, and the next minute they just don't have it anymore. We saw it with, with Peyton Manning. Obviously, one hit could change everything. We're kind of in a different NFL where you can't touch the quarterback. We're playing. They might as well be playing seven Mississippi right now. So are you concerned with Tom Brady falling off during the stretch at some, at some point? Uh, there's some concern, but I think to me the concern is more why I maybe wouldn't bet them to win the Super Bowl. You know, once it gets deep into the season – once it gets into the playoffs and there's a weather factor possibly, now I think there's some concern. But I think that there's a chance, if he keeps this up, by the time we get to like mid-December, it doesn't matter anymore. Like he's going to be resting the last week or two because he's going to be so far ahead on these things. So, and, and his numbers are so high right now, like 5,653, even if he falls off the pace quite a bit, what does he finish with? Only 4,500 yards and 45 touchdowns? Like, even in those games when Brady doesn't play well, when the Bucs aren't that great, he's still going to throw touchdowns because they're not really a running team. He's got all those red zone weapons. Gronkowski and Antonio Brown are going to be back. We haven't even had them for most of the first half of the season. You know, they're getting Scotty Miller, I think, back, and Tyler Johnson, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. There's just so many weapons, and the Bucs' schedule is so easy. They're playing in Florida, so they're not going to get a lot of those weather games. Your point is good. He's ancient and it can't go for forever, but like LeBron, I'm done betting against when it's going to happen. Like I, we talk about catching the falling knife, like Brady's knife has been falling for a decade and I'm done trying to catch it. I'm just going to ride the wave. I've been in on Tom Brady MVP all year. I'm in on offensive player of the year. A lot of these quarterbacks, when they get those monster touchdown seasons, they win both awards. So I'm going for both. We get a big payday here. I'm not mad at that. So that concludes our NFL midseason futures check-in. You guys definitely want to check out the six-pack on Thursday with Stucky and Christopher Rayvon. You also want to check out the Strong Side Friday's podcast with Brandon Anderson and myself, Raheem Palmer. We're always giving you a breakdown on the upcoming week's lines. We're also giving you the look-ahead lines. We've been beating the closing line week after week. Also, you want to make sure you check out the Buckets Podcast with Matt Moore, Brandon Anderson, and myself. That concludes NFL midseason check-in. Raheem Palmer, Brandon Anderson. Y'all know how it's going down. Action Network. Holla.